I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. Recently, Steve Taylor spoke to the city manager, City of San Benito, Manny de la Rosa, about the scope of his work and important ongoing music and cultural projects in the City of San Benito. Ordinarily, we come to San Benito one or two times a year for a live show with Manny to find out the latest news on economic development, different projects the city's working on. I overheard the conversations we were setting up for today's live show. Uh, you were talking to Mr. Ron Whitlock of Ron Whitlock Reports, and he, you were telling him, uh, uh, this struck with me, and I thought, well, let's, let's ask about this. As a city manager, if there's a project that is stalled, you're the go-to guy, you're the guy that people should talk to to get a project over the line. Tell us about that sort of work, that part of your job as city manager. Yeah, uh, Mr. Whitlock and I were having a conversation earlier about how long I'd been here. I said four years, three weeks. So, um, and, and counting, so, uh, but it started that, uh, you know, we were, the discussion was basically my background. And uh, over the, in my 30 uh, years in public service, or about 33 years now, I have worked as a public works director for my first, it was my department director position early in, in late 1989 for about 10 years. And I got very good at public infrastructure, roadways, water and sewer projects, uh, stormwater, managing stormwater. I came out of the Houston area, so flooding and those kind of things. So as I got into the city management side, cities would generally look at my background. Having a, a, a public works background has been very good for me because I can actually help communities through issues. San Benito was, was involved in, in some issues with, uh, with this water plant number two, which was membrane technology very different from conventional water treatment facilities, uh, but they were in the midst of, a, a, of litigation. And how do you get something that's been closed for two years, restarted, and moving forward through getting the environmental permits, negotiating the settlement, and getting it back online? Uh, that, uh, other communities had the same thing. How do you merge uh, uh, water supply corporations into cities? How do you buy uh, the the sanitary sewer systems or start a, pro, a, a division without having assets and incorporate them into part of the city manager. So you're starting from scratch when you're starting with utilities. If you don't own them, you're purchasing, uh, whether they're uh, private entities selling and making them public part of the city unit. So I have, uh, in the last 10 years, I've gotten fairly good at being able to move stall projects, meaning that if there's infrastructure issues, whether it's environmental issues, uh, technical violations, water quality violations, you generally have a conversation with me and for recommendations. I uh, have a technical uh, background, which uh, I'm not an engineer, but I certainly can speak with our engineers and be moving forward. And because I have a technical background and I am a public administrator, I can bridge those technical uh, issues along with uh, our elected officials and explain in layman's terms exactly what I believe is the issue and how to get this, these, uh, these assets, whether it's a water plant, a sewer plant, uh, back online. So I, I uh, during my career, I've got a knack for that being able to move stall projects. And whether it's the street lights or roadways, exactly what is it that we're trying to do? Is it a Band-Aid or is it a more permanent fix? Is it something that just to get it operable, 
but it's going to have a shelf life or do you want to give it the full shelf life? So these are all part of the assessment. I make a, a determination as to what the best course of action is and then I make that recommendation to the elected body that gives me, at that time, they'll give me instructions. So again, uh, all of these decisions are made collectively between administration and the governing bodies. Another topic. And I don't want to steal Rebecca Castillo's thunder. She's the executive director of Assembly to EDC. We're going to have a live stream with her in a week or so. Um, but tell us, and she'll want, she'll want this. This is the question for her, I know. But economic development, any economic development projects you're working on that you'd like to tell the viewers about? You know, uh, the Economic Development Corporation does a really great job. Uh, they've had their programs. I know that Ms. Castillo is enhancing those programs, and their board of directors is doing a great job at supporting those programs and with the support of the city commission. It's an economic development project that we have, but it was created by the city. During the 86th legislative session, Representative Lucio, Eddie Lucio III, and Senator Eddie Lucio Jr., uh, sponsored bills, uh, some legislation uh, that comprised of hotel, convention center, and sports facility. After the uh, that whole legislative process, uh, Republican uh, leadership and, uh, and other bills that were out there, these pieces of legislation by both Lucio's were rolled into these other uh, pieces of legislation, and we ended up getting two House bills, one that carried the Hotel and Convention Center, uh, all bundled with the, some other projects, um, and then we had the sports facility. Both of them were approved by the 86th legislative session. So we, so June one's the start date for these two pieces of legislation. So we're seven months into this. Our city commission has been uh, uh, vetting two proposals with uh, non-exclusive letters of intent with two separate developers. And as we continue to negotiate that in the very near future, we will be presenting a, uh, a proposal from one as to which project we consider to be most achievable, most viable, and in the city's best interest. And that'll, a hotel convention center is important to us, but so do other cities have in the Valley. So what's gonna make this a little different from others is that we have legislation for a sports facility, not the construction, but the maintenance and operating in according with the state incentives and, and state, state law that, that goes for that house bill. So if you have a sports venue associated with the hotel convention center, now you've got something that can be sustained over a long period of time. So you're creating, uh, you're creating a venue to support the hotel convention center, and I believe that that's important to us. Uh, others, uh, communities that have done that are depending on other venues that are already in the area. We want to, we believe that our formula works better than if they're together or somewhere in the city. So, You think you've got a, a, a special, unique calling card if you have your hotel and convention center next to a sports facility? Because otherwise, as we, learn, as we know, Harlan isn't just up the road. They got their convention center going and their hotels going, so you could have Perhaps all the demand, all the you know, they could have taken up all the the demand there is for convention space yes. in this area 
but you're linking it to your sports facility and to, to give yourselves that unique yeah. advantage. And again, uh, and not I'm certainly not criticizing any city or the county because I wasn't part of that vetting process. I don't know what the studies reveal, but our, our model seems to be different and that's uh, what I'm, I'm counting on. And again, it's based on experience having worked at other cities and what I think is going to work best for us. Next topic, San Benito, obviously well known for its culture and music. Tell us what the latest news is on that front. The Cultural Heritage Museum opened officially on November 8, 2018. So we've been operating a museum for almost a year and a half. Uh, Luis Contreras, our cultural arts director, has programming in place with exhibits scheduled out months out. Uh, we reached, recently reached an agreement with some local a local nonprofit that, that represents two uh, museum groups. Um, this is the first step toward incorporating their exhibits into our long-term strategy. The long-term strategy doesn't comprise of one single building. It comprises of three buildings at a plaza. The Cultural Heritage Museum, the Community Center Building, and our former a library that was built in about the 1930s circa so but that's the plaza we still have the azteca building which is historical nature to us we have the freddy fender memorial which is the memorial park cemetery we have the veterans war memorial so all of these are part of our district that we're proposing that someday incorporate all of them that they all be funded through some type of a sport uh, uh, a cultural arts district an arts district so we're working toward that end we want to incorporate as much of our local nonprofits into our museum, but we also want to incorporate exhibits, traveling exhibits, static displays, along with traveling exhibit displays. So um, I know that uh, uh, my museum directors, they're not displays, they're artifacts and they're exhibits. So, but to me, in very layman's, we are exhibiting these, these artifacts at our facilities. We have artifacts in this building. We have an old uh, uh, safe in the City Hall building that came out of the old South Trust and Bank building, uh, the, the San Benito uh, Trust building. So that was owned by Capital One. These, these artifacts were donated to the city. So we started collecting certain artifacts that we think that are important to save. There's a lot of uh, pieces of, of uh, artifacts that are antiques in nature. But very, it's got to mean that it's that it's that it represents the culture, the heritage, the food, music. It's it's a it's got to be within those components because not everything that is age should be in a museum. So we're being very selective as to what we're going to display. We may collect them and save them, but they may not actually be out for exhibit. So we're incorporating all of this we we we, we continue to to promote this at the, at a most recent city commission meeting we we were authorized to proceed for it with the the 2020 hogwaddle event with the south texas music festival and also the free event that we always have on july 4th which is the the resaca fest so uh, we continue to promote music san benito is the birthplace of conjunto music uh narciso martinez played here freddie fender was born here we have a long tradition of having a lot of good musicians come from San Benito or come from this region, and we're going to promote them all. And the time frame for this uh, cultural district? The cultural district, I, I would like to see it, if I would, had to start now, within the next two years, get it accomplished. 
And if you've, uh, if you go back and pull up uh, the old uh, audio meetings of the last three budget cycles, which are held every, every summer during our budget workshops, we have had conversations with the city commission briefing them on our long-term strategic plan to become a cultural arts district and how we're going to promote our museum and all this, those related efforts with the cultural arts district. And every year we get to go at the nod from the city council continue moving forward so that long-term plan is, is has the, the the city commission's blessing next subject nature trails uh, we've all been reading and learning about the Caracara trails that Cameron County is building uh, around the county working with rails to trails conservancy the city of Brownsville the National Park Service UT School of Public Health San Benito is that is San Benito going to be part of that what plans do you have there we've been a part of plan uh, of that original plan we uh, we paid our our fair portion I and if I recall about three years ago it was about ten thousand dollars the parks director just attended a meeting about a week ago so I was briefed on that we'll continue to participate we want to be a member of that at that whole initiative that Rosie trails and, and so forth and also but we continue also to push our wetlands and that ecotourism which is very specific if you look to see what participation we are in in that entity and i have a difficulty with that that name the uh, caracara trails yes so the but we're only a small sliver of it because of the of the way it, it's laid the trail system is, is is laid out but we we do have a component in there but we also want to tie that into our trails here and try to figure out how we're going to extend our trails to our wetlands which is uh, adjacent the wetlands is the it's filled with the outfall the of uh, the effluent of the wastewater treatment facility it's good quality waters we now have over 150 bird species out there uh, bird watchers are starting to recognize it's made several different publications the uh, Bernard Rodriguez, the, the city's planning director, oversees that wetlands project. Uh, he has been presenting uh, various um, uh, requests for authorization to seek out more funding for the wetlands. So we continue to work with the general land office, uh, with the parks and wildlife, and the various state agencies to get, and federal agencies to get more funding. So, and again, he said that he was going to be making another presentation, asking for more authorization to, for funding for our wetlands. And of course, you've got the Rosakas, which should be a tourist draw. The, the Rosaka is a hidden gem for us. And if you're from here, you know it. I had a conversation uh, with a, a gentleman about a week ago, and he said, you know, I'm from Edinburgh. He says, they don't know what Rosakas are over there. They're just irrigated. So, He's, that's what I like about San Benito, and, and absolutely, um, the Rosaka Village, which is the development by Varco, which is uh, Carlos Varela and his group, right on Besa 77, um, on the, um, I'd say it's on the northern side of Besa 77, uh, adjacent to the Rosaka. We would like to extend our Rosaka across Besa 77 and negotiate an easement for trails, and we've had some basic conversations with the with the with the land developer there that is an economic development corporation property and they've leased it through an agreement uh with varco so uh we, we continue to uh expand that our trail system and make it and we want to make it safe where you can cross business 77 without a pedestrian crossing so uh 
the uh, assistant city manager, Fred Bell, uh, the planning director, Bernard Rodriguez, and myself met with uh, Andrew Cannon, the new RGV MPO executive director, to discuss funding opportunities for those kind. And that meeting was held uh, about three weeks ago or a month now. I'll make this the last question, unless you feel there's anything else you want to talk about. Uh, people are, perhaps some people are not aware that you are a co-owner of an international bridge. We have the USMCA that's just been signed into law by President Trump. A lot of people are saying the Valley should get ready for a lot of investment, uh, particularly from foreign uh, companies that need probably need to be in the US as a result of the terms, the fine print of that trade pact. Uh, any news that you might have for us with regard to your bridge, uh, which you, I know you co-own with Harlingen, um, potential of cold storage, uh, around that bridge, the importance of that bridge to your city? You know, it's been, uh, uh, the last time we met was probably about nine months ago. We were going to meet in early 2020. Um, uh, the Cameron County uh, bridge director, uh, the city manager for Harlingen and his staff, and, and then I, along with some of my senior staff, we, we met. Uh, and two years ago, we had a marketing campaign. We seized it uh, for the 2019 years because we didn't have a benchmark. We wanted to know what the marketing plan looked like. We, we expended some funds for it. Then we decided that we were gonna hold off a year to see whether there was really a return on that investment because we could always start it because it's that time that we're gonna be getting back together to, to actually discuss, okay, let's see what 2018 looked like. Let's see what 2019 looked like so we can make a decision for 2020. Uh, Cameron County is 50% owner in the bridge, uh, and Harlingen and San Benito are both 25% co-owners co also, so all three of us are partners. We, we have those discussions. The, the Cameron County uh, Bridge Department uh, sends us an audit of the tolls that are collected, so we're doing well. We could do better. The cold storage facility, again, is operated through vendor. It, there's some agreements, technically, doesn't cost us anything. So we're not making any money on it, and we're not losing any money on it. It's simply as I can state it. But we needed to get make it available because it will help transporters bringing fruits and vegetables across get it through the inspection point and, and so they can continue on their journey. So whether we expand it or not, we'll have to make that decision based on what we think the the goals are and what the outcomes could be but you expect more truck traffic on we, that bridge as a result of this new trade pack we will and we do but we think it's also going to be limited to those times unless that bridge operates on a 24-hour so we're always going to have that limitation but we do believe that there's going to be an increase and we are seeing an increase but i think this this federal legislation is certainly going to uh create more traffic for us which is it, it's a godsend well uh, manny We've come to the end of the, uh, the uh, video discussion today. Are there any topics that I've left off of, off of the uh, table here that you would like to talk about before we close? Steve, I think we've covered just about everything that my mind can handle for this morning. I, I want to thank you for, uh, for allowing me to reach out to, uh, to all your listeners and the viewers. Uh, and again, this is not a phase for, for TV. It's more one for radio. So Likewise. Yeah. So, uh, but again, uh, if, if, if I can leave a message, is again, San Benito counts. Make sure you get counted in, in, in our upcoming census. Manny, thank Steve, you thank so you very much. much. I appreciate interview. you. Thank you. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. Be sure to look for our videos on Facebook, 
YouTube, and the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service website.